Welcome to This Week in Animals. I'm your host, Steve Barnes of Introvoid. This is the week of February 27th, 2023. Today we're going to be talking about Austin, Texas with guest Blake from Iwas. We're going to be talking about stuff that you find in Texas. We're going to check in on Flaco, the Central Park Owl. Talk about the Ohio train derailment, see how that's going down. And hopefully talk about some pets too. Uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, hit me up, please, at thisweekinanimals at gmail.com or at intro.void on Instagram. I'm always checking my Instagram. I'm always there. My guest is also on Introvan. Intro what? Introgram. <laughs> Introgram? That's all wrong. Instagram. His name is Blake. He is from Iwas, and they are based out of Austin, Texas. I want to bring him in right now. Hello, Blake. How's it going, man? It's going great. Got some food going on in the other room in there. Got some tofu and some broccoli cooking up. How about yourself? Oh, yeah. How you doing? Doing great. Uh, just uh, kind of gearing up for a lot of uh, big news coming out in the, last, in the next uh, few weeks. So uh, Big personal you know. news? Uh, no, just stuck with the band. And, you know, I mean, I, which I guess is personal. But. That's exactly what I was <laughs> leading to, yes. So, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll fill us in. Yeah, what kind of stuff you got going on the next couple of weeks with Iwas? Uh, so I'll be announcing a lot more uh, concrete details about the next album. Great. Um, about the uh, the new lineup that I'm working on right now and everything. Kind of talking about some of the um, themes that are really present in the second album um, and why okay. the second album is different from the first. You know, so have, I've kind of been taking a bit of a social media break, but I'm I'm coming back. Yeah, good. I'm glad. The last thing I saw on social media from you was you announcing <laughs> some new music. So I was I assumed that you were just busy working on that and hammering some stuff out with Iwas. Yeah, that's that's done. It's uh, it's at this point, it's more figuring out the release and how that's going to go and and everything like that. So some things are kind of got to keep a little close to the chest and things I can, <laughs> can be a little more transparent about. Yeah, right. So you transitioned from Arizona. That's when I first um, became aware of your band was um, mm -hmm. as you were releasing uh, Wayward Gods. So I guess maybe like October because you released it in November, but you did a ramp up leading to it in 2021. And yeah. that, that's when I became aware of you. And you were a one man band at the time in Arizona. Um, mm -hmm. So now you're playing gigs and you relocated to Austin. So you got some bandmates in Austin. Is that kind of what I'm gathering? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I uh, I needed to be closer to, to family for a variety of reasons. Okay. Um, so, and I got a great deal on a place in, in uh, the Austin area. Uh, so you. <laughs> relocated. Yeah, I know, right? Uh -huh. uh, you got to you gotta branch out. No. People like uh, like me don't uh, afford Austin proper. Let's say that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have a job outside of this, but uh, sure. not that great of a job. Um, <laughs> made the move and putting together a new lineup and everything. And um, the second album has been done for a couple months now. Um. And so just uh, kind of making making some plans for how it's going to be released. Okay, great. You know, another um, podcast host that I host with, 
you know, as he, he's a rapper and as he releases songs and as he's working on them, he'll send me the material so I can listen to it and give him some feedback. Mm-hmm. So feel free to send some of that Iowa stuff my way. Yeah, <laughs> man. No, I'm going to buy it for sure when it comes out. You got your stuff on vinyl. You're doing it right. Um, I wanted to go in a little bit more about Iowa because I, I love the album so much, Wayward Gods. And when I found out that you were doing some live stuff that really made total sense to me because I can totally see like a, your stuff is big. It's, it has a big, booming, like nice tone sound to it, especially like in particular, my personal favorite is probably From Chains. But Hell yeah. the one that um, <laughs> made me think about you the most and it comes up on my playlist constantly. I'll be listening to some music and then I'll hear a nice uh, medley of some guitar and a duck call in the background. And I know that God is Man is about to start. Um, so you chose a duck call. Why did you choose that as your intro? Uh, that is actually a, uh, I, won't, I, I can't go too much into to how I got that recording, but that was some Uh-oh. crows that, I, that I, I recorded. That was what you recorded? I'm sorry. <clears throat> crows. Oh, interesting. Okay, it sounded just like a duck call to me. So you recorded those crows yourself. Yeah, yeah. I um, When I was in grad school, I had a really interesting professor and he got us into experimenting with uh, live recordings mm-hmm. for source material. Um, I, I wasn't studying music or anything like that. I'm, I'm, I'm not that good of a musician. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Come um, on, I've heard your stuff. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so I wanted to have some some. You know, I guess the the proper term is field recording mm-hmm. type stuff uh, in the album. And when I was writing "Man Is God," I I uh, I kind of heard it as this kind of galloping. In terms of the music sound, like Matt Pike talks a lot about how when he's writing a song, he wants to sound like you're galloping into a battle. Sure, know, like, like high as fire you know. stuff, yes. Yeah, high and fire, you know, like where you got like a sword in your hand and you're charging towards the barbarians or whatever. <laughs> uh, or you're a barbarian yourself. Um, that doesn't sound like sleep to me, but that absolutely sounds like high on fire to me, yes. Very much high on fire, yeah. Um, so I uh, thought about, you know, what is what is some way that I can bring the battle to the listener. And I was like, carrying, you know? Sure. Um, So, yeah, that was was kind of the inspiration behind that. Um, I I really love, I I would eventually love to one day record outside and and just leave some of the extraneous stuff in there. Um, I, I, I think that there, there are some bands, especially in black metal, that are doing some really interesting things using field sure. recordings. Like Yellow Eyes is really big about field recordings. Wolves in the Throne Room does the same thing, sure. Wolves in the Throne Room, yeah, without a doubt. Steve Barnes, um, I've done it too. I've <laughs> I recorded some rainstorms and some thunder and some birds myself yeah, man. to put in the background of my own music. So my song, The Wisdom, is full of, you know, birds and a thunderstorm people don't appreciate just how much uh that nature can be an instrument 
Yeah. And that's why we're here. It leads us right back around to nature, man. You're, you're a genius, Blake. So you're there in Austin, Texas. And I just finished talking to Nate from Pennsylvania. So our states are kind of neighboring states. So we had very similar animals in both of our states. You got some cool stuff out there. I was going to ask you some Arizona stuff, but since you're based in Austin, we're going to stick with that. The first animal we got to ask you about is an armadillo. If you have experienced any armadillos in the wild. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I'm born and raised Texan. Okay. Um, I, I was born here and raised here until I was 15. Um, and then I've moved around a lot since then, but, uh, Texas is always home to me. Okay. Um, and if there's if there's any animal uh, that most of Texas will claim to be their reluctant uh, <laughs> mascot, it's definitely the badillo. Right on. So, like, what do you do when you see them? Are they friendly creatures, or they they run away from you, or what's the interaction like? So, <laughs> generally, if you see one, they're dead. Oh, <laughs> okay. You don't want to see them then. Okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know how much of this is. So I've heard it's urban legend, but I've also been <laughs> been told that it's not urban legend, but they hmm. carry leprosy. Ew, I don't. That can't be true. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't think so, but I also don't really think of people, you know, picking up a wild armadillo and uh, cuddling it. I do like I, I spoke about uh, Howard Kramer earlier. He's a, a comedian that came out of Austin, Texas, and they did yeah. the um, TV show Austin Stories. Were you familiar with that being like a hometown show that was on TV back in the 90s? Are you familiar? I, I've, I've heard of it. Um, it was mostly as as I recall my knowledge of it, it was mostly broadcast in the Austin area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, it, it wasn't as much like Austin city limits, you know, being on right. PBS, which is the, one of the main reasons I live in Austin is because I grew up on that show. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, I, I went to college just outside of Austin and, uh, you know, it was home, but it was also when you grow up in Texas, Austin's kind of like this Mecca that, that you just dream of. It, it, um, we drove it in Virginia too. Don't worry. We know about you yeah. guys in Austin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whether you're a musician or an artist or a writer or someone who just uh, doesn't feel like they necessarily belong anyplace else in Texas, uh, Austin is your your place. <laughs> nice. Um, but 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 the Dillo is is mm-hmm. is all around. I mean. As, as I grew up, I, I, I try to to take some of the um, lingo that I learned from my family <laughs> out of my my vernacular. Just right. I'll sound like I'll sound like a hick otherwise. Yeah, same here. <laughs> uh, but I always grew up with it as the Dilla. Okay. Uh, like an armadillo. I, I had a lot of Okies in my family, and <laughs> and they have a specific accent. And then you mix it with a little bit of Texas and. You get uh, me saying a bunch of nonsense as a kid. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Well, wait, so you, I, I do my best not to have too much of a Texas accent. You don't at all. You have, like, the – it sounds like the East Coast accent to me or what, 
sounds like my accent to me, but it could be wrong. I don't think I have an accent, but I've been doing this for like about two years now. And most everybody I talk to tells me that I do have a Southern accent, although I don't hear it. Other people hear it. Need to go back to those armadillos, though. Howard Kramer. I hear I hear a little bit, a little bit of Southern accent. You you don't have like a, a deep South accent because you sure. speak like an uh, like a Yankee. Yep. Um, <laughs> very very fast. Uh, yeah. But you you could have depending on where you are in the state like a Texas accent because Texans that that's kind of what distinguishes us because Texas isn't part of the quote unquote South right. But it's like a Southern state. Yeah. I think about um, it. I think I think of it as the South, even though it's absolutely not. But I mean, I, I lump it in there it with it. Southern. Yeah, there you go. You know, we got Southern wildlife. We, I mean, it's such a huge fucking state that I hope I can swear on this podcast. I'm sorry if I. No, this is the second time you did it, and I'm going to have to edit that out. But that's fine. You know, talk how you want to talk. <laughs> All right. Um, I hope you leave that part in at least. So yeah, absolutely. The silences. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, I have the mouth of a sailor. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, a, it's a gigantic state. And so there are a lot of dialects and mentalities yeah. and ways of life and uh, wildlife. You know, like I, you, you can see an armadillo pretty much anywhere you go, generally dead on the road. And you're like, whoop, sorry, man. <laughs> Those non-leprosy armadillos. I'm, I want to get back to that. Yeah, don't, I've been, don't, don't I've been quote itching. me on that. I'm not I, going to. <laughs> I, I, I literally do not know. I'm Googling it okay. as we speak. I mean, it's hilarious, but I'll talk while you're Googling, is that I know from the show Austin Stories and the intro of the show, they're on like the railroad tracks. I think the same railroad tracks where The Clash did their um, album cover for their first album. But at any rate... Um, there's an armadillo wandering down the railroad tracks of Austin, and that's the intro to the show. And Howard talks about how they had an armadillo wrangler that was there that was filming it and that was helping with the armadillo to like help guide it around and stuff. So everybody got to kind of play with it while it was there. No one got leprosy. <laughs> yeah. Um, in some places, this is from Smithsonian Magazine and Science.org. Okay. That's legit, yes. So I feel like those are pretty good uh, examples. Up to 20% of armadillo populations have leprosy. Woo, so Blake was correct. Oh my gosh, they were just lucky they didn't get leprosy that day, I guess. I mean, 20% <laughs> is still pretty low. But, but that's still pretty significant. I mean, you know, count yourself right, dude. So, <laughs> heck yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Another animal I was looking up that I had a hard time looking up because I Googled Texas Longhorn and all I got was a bunch of football stuff and a bunch of mascot <laughs> stuff. And I had to actually type in Texas Longhorn, the animal to like actually check it out. Um, I don't think you guys have Longhorns around Austin, but have you been messing with it? Oh, you do. Have you been messing with any Longhorns anytime in your life? Uh, you know, I don't know if you really want to mess with a longhorn. That's what I'm say. getting at. <laughs> um, I I was talking to a buddy of mine who grew up a little more. Cause I, I mean, I'm I'm mostly from the city, um, but uh, he grew up a little more country than I did in uh, 
if I'm remembering who was telling me this correctly, it was Salado, which is a very, very, or used to be a very, very small central Texas town. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of in between Austin and Waco. <clears throat> For references that most people know, because sure. of David Koresh and unfortunately yeah austin being austin um (laughs) david koresh waco's favorite son that's right (laughs) yeah i'm sure they have somewhere a sign about him um but uh he was saying that one of the most painful things is when a longhorn isn't paying attention and just side swipes you Ooh, like not with the the point of the horn but he was just saying it just knocked him down right away just with a slight turn of the head yeah they're like 600 pounds or something so heck yeah 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 it it would not be a a small occurrence but (laughs) no i mean you you see longhorns especially um more in the dallas area in my experience i'm sure if you go to to some of the more outskirts have Austin, you'd have a better chance of, of seeing a Longhorn, but you're not going to see one like downtown Austin unless it's Bevo. Well, instead of me looking at my list and asking you what you've seen, can you do you like have anything off the top of your head, like any interesting encounters or maybe even animals you see every day or just something off the wall that you encountered in the wild there? Oof. Uh, I mean, I've definitely had a run in with Bobcat. That's on my list here. What do you mean a run-in? I'd like to hear this. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> That's what this show is for, Blake. <laughs> uh, okay, so so I went to this small liberal arts school for college, right? Okay. And um, it, it, was, it was out in, at the time, the middle of nowhere. It's essentially, you know, there was Town Square and... It's very pretty and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but very kind of an isolated town. Um, and there was an area behind the college that was owned by the college, kind of, is what we were told. Okay. <laughs> and so we were like, well, if it's kind of owned by the college, technically I kind of oh you know own it since yeah, I'm, I, pay, I pay my dues here that's right i'm i'm paying a massive amount of money right in debt to <laughs> to go here uh so we would hop this fence and uh you know that was really probably the first sign that maybe we were going where we shouldn't have gone and <laughs> there was one time that we hopped that fence and we were spectacularly hungover um <laughs> It was, it was probably the first time in my life that I was like, oh, okay, this is the hangover that people have been talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. As you, were ju- as you were jumping a fence and falling down, that's when you figured it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right and, on. And then we had an experience with a cow herd and the bulls in that cow herd. Uh, huh. Yeah. 
we we had to to real quick like hop back over the fence <laughs> right <laughs> before the bull gets you it sounds like it's a bull arena you jumped into by accident <laughs> yeah you know they they'd always seemed like very docile cows right uh, we found we we chose the saturday you know around noon that it was uh not just docile cows right so we eventually try and get back to where we're going, which is this really cool place we call the Bottle Graveyard. Mm, um, like that. It had a bunch of, like, it had, like, cow skeletons, broken bottles from the 50s, you know, all, all this just random stuff. Very, just a complete tetanus trap. But <laughs> sounds, really very, sounds very place. metal, though. I like it. Yeah, it was really cool. Like we 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 go out there and uh, hang out and do things we don't need to talk about. Yes. Um. But uh, so so we get around the the herd. <laughs> I I'd say, and we're walking down this path, and to get to the bottle graveyard, you have to cross a stream, right? Okay. And you climb up a hill, and then you were there. But before that stream, you had to go down this path. And then you had to part your way through some bushes and then you cross the stream, climb up the hill, and then you're in this really interesting place. Okay. Um, well, on the path, uh, had my first ever run in with a wild bobcat. Like you see them in zoos and sure. stuff like that. Right. But seeing, seeing a wild bobcat is you gain a new level of respect for nature and just like, that is technically a small creature. Mm -hmm. It's smaller than me. Um, I'm not really a gun guy. So I, and I'm also not going to shoot a bobcat <laughs> because they're very beautiful creatures. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think they're endangered. Maybe I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but um, either way, just truly one of the most majestic things you could ever see, but also terrifying right yeah how close would you say you were like within like 10 yards or closer we we came through some trees and it came through some trees at about the same time and we oh. were probably about 10 yards from each other okay so it was a little closer than i would have preferred <laughs> And did like he go away? Like on a, did y'all did y'all shoo him away, or did he go away? Or how oh did no, that we work went out? away. <laughs> we went away. That's probably smart. And he didn't chase y'all. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Uh, he was definitely as scared of us as we were of him. Uh, but uh, yeah, we just said let's just go back in the trees for a minute. <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, my, me and my dog came upon a coyote uh, a couple of weeks ago. We have a couple of coyotes that are new to our neighborhood, really small ones. Mm. And it was the same deal. Like, um, we were in the street and it came and it was sitting in the street about two houses up from us, kind of looking at us. And my dog was very interested, but I just kind of stopped for a second and then he didn't do anything, but he was in the direction we were heading. So I was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to walk that way and he's eventually going to run off. And that is what happened. But I had to make yeah. that conscious decision to, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and go about my business and just see what he does. And if he does something weird, I'll get between me and the dog or we'll go the other way. I mean, I knew it wouldn't hurt us because it was a small guy and it was a cute, 
cute, beautiful creature too. Oh, they're very beautiful. I mean, they're terrifying and annoying, but <laughs> yeah. coyotes are, are very beautiful. Yep. In, uh, in another close call I had too was with a skunk. Very close call with a skunk where it got into a tent at one of our scout camps. This is when I was an adult and my son was the scout in question. Mm-hmm. Um, but it woke up the whole camp and we had to shoo the skunk away. And there was a skunk that was like used to people because it kind of lived on the outskirts of this Cub Scout camp. So every month there'd be kids camping there and he would go, I guess, eat their <laughs> their trash behind them or whatever he could find. Um, in other smart, words, these, smart dog. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this it was just a basically a, <laughs> a domesticated wild animal for the most part. Yeah, coyotes are like my my family that lives a little bit more in the country would would have a very different opinion of them because they they despise <laughs> yes. coyotes. I hear some but, of the, yeah, I hear some of the guys I work with get mad because the coyotes are taking their chickens and things like that. And, yeah, my my family's always pissed. They're like, we were gonna give you some eggs, but coyotes ate our. Uh... <laughs> See, that's another thing. You you can't possibly be from Texas because you say coyote. <laughs> Guilty as charged. I'm a Virginian <laughs> through and through. <laughs> I guess the last one I wanted to ask you about before we get on break, we're almost at 30 minutes, is um, alligators. I didn't expect to see that into the Texas or gators, as you might call them. Maybe gators. you call them gaties. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't call them gaties or anything. <laughs> but have you have you seen them around? Tasty is what I call them. Oh, is that right? Yeah, gator. You never have fried gator? No, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't eat any animals at all. But I've, that's the that last thing I expected you to say, though. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's actually a popular chain called Razoo's that does, like, Cajun food and stuff like that. Okay. And one of their appetizers is fried gator. Okay. And it's like, a, I'm just going to go on a limb and say it tastes like chicken, but I know that can't be true. It Honestly, it kind of tastes... It's like a hybrid between chicken and squid. Ooh, okay. I've I have tasted to me squid it's before. Delicious, <laughs> okay. Yeah, my my wife Heather likes that too, and I'm just not a fan. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't expect you to say that you you've had them, but to eat, I didn't even realize that was a thing. Or gator jerky. That's another thing you can get. Have you had gator like, jerky? Yes. So how is good. how is that compared to like your standard beef jerky then, or turkey jerky? Uh, it's gamier. Okay, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I really, as, as, uh, like, uh, I, I could pretty much happily live on just meat. Um, <laughs> like, I, I, I love vegetables and I love carbs. Don't worry, but <laughs> I was worried. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I mean, my, mostly for my heart health. Um, but no, I mean, I, I really enjoy. Uh, the gamier side of things, but it's, it's kind of like a mild gaminess, but no, nowhere that I've lived are gators nearby. That's mostly an East Texas thing, like around, uh, um, Houston and Beaumont, especially, um, which is where George Jones country singer was from. Heck yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I mean it's a vast state. There's 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 a million different ecologies in Texas. Heck yeah, 
And the alligators I was concerned about when I saw that because I've seen videos of, you know, alligators just hanging out like in suburban neighborhoods, like absolutely in places they should not be. And I've seen different reactions to them where like sometimes they're just kind of docile and other times they're problems. But if you don't have them around your neighborhood, they're not a problem at all. Just like me. I don't worry about alligators. Yeah, I, I sure hope that I don't have to worry about gators around here, but, you know, never know. Now, I looked up a couple of interesting places around Austin. Um, I mean, of course, we have to admit, I mean, we're both music guys. South by Southwest happens there in Austin. Um, have yes, you, it does. Have, have you been able to go to any of those festivals? Definitely, yeah. Oh, great. I, uh, I've, I've done South by Southwest uh, mildly a couple of times as a spectator or performer a <laughs> uh, spectator okay and i know uh, there was a band that i was in that was about to be in south by southwest and it didn't uh didn't work out right on well you, i mean you're right place right time i mean you got a new album coming out so i'm i'm pushing for you <laughs> that's an yeah, awesome festival I mean, my there's uh i i have some close friends that are playing uh stoner jam at south by southwest and and such and really excited to see him play right on one of my co-hosts um lindsay is coming to, she's a film critic and tv critic and she goes down there and gets to i think she gets to do it for free which is pretty sweet when you're a critic like that <laughs> um yeah i mean put her in contact I, i'd be happy to I, I don't know austin as well as i used to but i know what's good in austin oh right so. on well yeah i got a couple austin spots i wanted to ask you about um, speaking of nature and speaking of endangered species, we were talking about bobcats earlier uh, being endangered, which uh, rumor has it. Yes, you are correct about that one as well. Just like you were correct about the uh, <laughs> the armadillos. The epilepsy. <laughs> the, <laughs> no, uh, the, epilepsy. <laughs> the epileptic armadillos. The epileptic armadillos. <laughs> wow. Everything I looked at was pointing me towards the Bell Creek Nature Preserve. Is that a place you're familiar with or have gone to? I know of Bull Creek. Oh yeah, that yep, that's that's it. Bull Creek. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, is that a place yeah. that you have gone or are familiar with? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, used to go and swim in in Bull Creek, and then it got shut down because a highway got built over it, Ooh. and uh, there were like those brain amoebas or whatever in okay. the water. No, this is really interesting. I didn't know about that. Yeah, Bull Creek was was kind of the alternative to Barton Springs. Okay. Like, if you knew about it, you knew about it. If you didn't know about it, you didn't know about it. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and, like, one time we, we – I mean, kids would go there – and uh, we found some barbed wire that we covered up with rocks – um, but it's under Mopac essentially. And now it's so polluted that I don't know if it's, I know for a while they had those like brain eating amoebas or whatever they were. Um, but, uh, yeah, Bull Creek is, it, it's one of the most beautiful places in Austin. As long as you don't get near those, <laughs> those amoebas. Yeah, because I, I, I don't know that I would get in the water anymore right. after hearing that. 
but no, I mean, Bull, Bull Creek is is truly some of the most beautiful uh, natural occurrences that you'll you'll find in this area. I, I was under the impression that it was like protected and that there was like endangered species. It might be now. Okay. That's what I read. And so that's why I was, I didn't even know that there was a highway going through it. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they look better on the internet than they, they do in real life. You know how that goes. What we called Bull Creek was the rundown (laughs) of the highway that was free. Gotcha. Okay. It's possible. We always just call it Bull Creek. Okay. Yeah, we got a James River here, and like a lot of people go to an area called Pony Pasture. That's like the popular spot. But then, like yeah, all I know James River, because of country. Okay, because of country, I don't, I don't follow. Country there are music? many songs about the James River. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet. I mean, it's wonderful. We we go there frequently. Um, I was going to say there's an area called Texas Beach, which kind of sounds like what you're talking about with Bull Creek. It's like a you know, Richmonders know about it, but it's not a place that you're going to find like on maps or like people won't be directing you there like in touristy areas because it's more of a local spot. Um, but it's very similar to Pony Pasture. It's just in a different direction. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I like it. So another thing about Austin, I, one of my favorite bands of all time came from there, The Sword. I'm a big fan of The Sword. And I know that um, Kyle Shutt, is bartending somewhere down there currently because the sword's not playing currently right now. So he's just making ends meet. Yeah. Supposedly they're done. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes, I guess these days, but they were my favorite band uh, around when they put out gods of the earth and, um, and the second album after that warp riders. That's what that around then is like when I was a kid, like black Sabbath was my favorite band. And then iron maiden was my favorite band. And then primus was my favorite band. Then clutch and then Clutch eventually led over to Sword. And then the Sword okay. was my favorite band for a very long time. Now I don't have a favorite band. But I think they were my last <laughs> band that I declared as my favorite band. And they're from there in Austin, too. Uh, do, do you, have you, I know you've played shows with like Ruby the Hatchet, who has played with the Sword. Have you yeah. played with the Sword or rubbed shoulders with those guys? Uh, so I've met Kyle, actually. Oh, great. Um, at Psycho. Uh Psycho Las Vegas? Yeah, Psycho Las Vegas. Okay, cool. I was there this past year. Oh. um, Supporting friends and seeing bands that I dreamed of seeing. Uh, High on Fire is probably the loudest band I've ever experienced. (laughs) That that was insane. But no, I mean, the sword is actually, when you were kind of telling me about some of the the general agenda talking points, I was like, I cannot wait to talk about the sword. Um, <laughs> because for me, I remember being, I was like 12 or 13, right? And my mom took me to the grocery store and she was like, go hang out in the magazine aisle while I shop. Perfect. <laughs> and I was like, sounds great. Maxim it is. Um, <laughs> then I picked up Spin Magazine. And Spin Magazine was where I found a lot of the indie stuff that mm-hmm. I I still am into. Like, I love the first Arcade Fire album, okay. for example. But I found them when I was 12 because 
you know, they, they were kind of that hot new band. They had some Texas roots. And so I was like, okay, let me hear this. So I heard, uh, funeral very early. Uh, but one of the other bands that I discovered was the sword. And I listened to, I hope I'm remembering it right. The first time was age of winters, right? Correct. Yeah. And I remember thinking, holy shit, I love Black Sabbath. <laughs> um, this is like Black Sabbath, but guys who are only a few years older than me. That's exactly how I looked at it, too. I'll describe this to my friend Sam in the exact same way. It's as if Black Sabbath just decided to, you know, start a side band, but they sounded the exact same way. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I heard Age of Winters and I just thought that it was the most awe-inspiring thing that I'd ever heard besides Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin I, and the Beatles, which I am not so secretly a gigantic fan of. But <laughs> I know you're not supposed to say that in our world, but I don't know. Fuck it. I don't, I, I don't really give a shit. No rules, Blake. I'll let you cuss and I'll let you say you like the Beatles because I like the Beatles too. So yeah. it's, it's all sorry, fair. Sorry for the swearing. It's a, it's a <laughs> nervous tick. Um, but yeah, I, I heard the sword and I was immediately just awe-inspired. I think it was Freya on mm-hmm. that first album. Mm-hmm. That's right. I heard that riff and I I couldn't stop listening to it. I remember I, I bought it on iTunes and then I ripped it onto a, a CDR, which is probably for a lot of your listeners. They're like, what the f*** did he just say? Yeah, um, they're on board with you. They're listeners are people like you and me. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, so I immediately ripped it and I would, as soon as I would get into my, you know, my mom and my dad's car, I'd be like, can we listen to this album? And they'd be like, you mean the Black Sabbath band? And I'm like, <laughs> just can can we just listen to it? <laughs> so it was very cool meeting Kyle at uh, Psycho. He did a lot of stuff around there. Um, and based on my little experience, he's a very good guy. Yeah, I listen to his podcast. I'm one of his Patreons. And he, like, anytime I say something to him, he always writes back. Um, he asked me to send my tape to him, so I did, and he actually wrote back and said he listened to it and he liked it. And I don't know, he's he's really personable. And I first very much so. He's way younger than I am. I'm 50, so like when I first found out about the sword, it was around the same time. Well, a little after you did, I guess, because um, I was a fan of Clutch, and I wasn't really into like diving into like more underground doom bands at the time. I pretty much stuck to like. You know, the bigger ones, the ones that, you know, you read about in the magazines. And mm-hmm. at the time, Sword was not one of those bands. Um, neither was Clutch, really, but I just kind of fell into Clutch's lap. And then Clutch was playing here in Richmond. Um, you know, this is like my third or fourth time seeing them. And they had the, they always have great bands opening up for Clutch. And the Sword was opening. I'd never heard of them. So like I always do, I check out, checked out some of their YouTube videos beforehand. And just like you, I had the same epiphany, except I was like, you know, a 42 year old man listening to like these 23 year old kids doing their thing. And it was amazing. And when I went to see them, 
uh, I was more excited to see them than I was to see Clutch, and it was yeah, it was great. I mean, nothing about nothing against Clutch, like Elephant Riders, is is a very formative album for me in terms of who I am as a musician mm-hmm. and what I do now. Uh, but if someone told me that I could see, you know the sword play age of winters or clutch play elephant riders. Sorry, Neil. Like I'm, I'm going to go see the sword. That would be a hard one for me. Like, it, it was that, just that very, would be a really hard I one think, for me. <laughs> I think, I think they're very equal albums. They were very important for me. Um, but age of winters, I was like, all right, this is like a little bit of Metallica, which I was really into when I was 12 or 13. And this is a lot of Black Sabbath. And they have a naked chick on the cover. Oh, that's right. And when you're 12, 13 years old, I was like, is this the greatest band? (laughs) That must have had an influence on you because I realize this now that you have a, a, a naked woman on your cover of Wayward Gods as well. It didn't go into the thinking, but maybe, maybe like subconsciously, I was <laughs> like, "Hey, this is my age of winters." I need to go that route too. I need to find a model to to help me out with that one on my next album. <laughs> we need to veer back into animals. We've been talking about music, um, and we got back into music again. So I'm going to veer us back into our direction, Blake, if you don't totally. mind. Um, first, I'm going to go into a little bit of animal news. Uh, Flaco, I think it's Flaco. That's what I've been calling him anyway. He's the Central Park Zoo owl. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, I guess, what do you call them? People who go around and uh, do... Mascots? Ambassadors? No, no, no. Um, people who do things like set animals free because they're activists, I guess. An animal activist set this mm-hmm. owl free. And at first it was a concern because this owl was raised in captivity and they weren't sure if he could fend for himself in the wild or even feed himself because he's never had to hunt for his own food. Um, So he surprised everybody by like immediately taking to hunting rats and mice. And they were still trying to kind of herd him back because he's a bigger owl than the other Central Park owls. And they're also concerned he's going to fly around the city and (laughs) get smacked by a taxi or something. Who knows? But he's built a nest. He's fought off three ravens for his food (laughs) And the Central Park Zoo has officially thrown in the towel, saying that they are going to continue to monitor monitor Flaco and his activities, and they'll be prepared to recover him if he has any signs of difficulties or distress. But as of right now, there is no difficulty, no distress. He is thriving out there, fighting ravens, man. (laughs) So he is essentially a metalhead going through puberty. Maybe, yeah, yeah. This is like he's been he's the Ravens been, being like I don't know football players or something. Oh, okay, I gotcha. I was thinking more of like uh, he's been in prison all his life and now he's free and he's kind of sticking. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was it was always like I I was a swimmer, but the football players were still like, except for a few like really sterling individuals, uh, they were they were the wannabe bullies. Okay, right. We didn't have wannabe bullies. We had bullies that were like the real deal. Uh, yeah, we had those, but a lot of those guys were into metal, and so I'd be oh, like, hey, I see, I, I like see. Slipknot. Fuck it, man. Yeah, I guess I'm more 80s, 90s, so anybody that liked metal, 
uh, didn't mess with me because I liked metal too. And there was a code for that, I suppose. So it was always the jocks I always watched out for that were the bullish fellows. Oh yeah. (laughs) Nothing has changed that much, man. I didn't think so. I mean, I have a daughter in high school and a son in, well, a son past college now, but yeah. Uh, I'm going to get to our last topic and this is my favorite topic. And I, I didn't ask you about this before. Um, pets. I wanted to see if you had any pets in your home. Yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, Oh, you're looking around. Edit this out. He's, he's deaf. Okay. For the most part. And he is a, wait, 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 he's he's a a Dilla. He's a, he's a (laughs) Weimariner. He was my mom's dog. Okay. I recently had to put my dog of 10 years down. Oh. I'm, I'm a, I'm a hardcore dog guy. Okay. Uh, not one much for, for cats per se. Um, we, we find ourselves to be a little too similar in personality. Oh, <laughs> uh, we just, but, we, uh, yeah, we just had to, uh, we not just a few years back, we had to put our 16 year old dog down as well. We did it here in the home. Um, is that how you did it as well? Did you have them come to you? No. Or? I, I had just moved into this this place, and so I didn't figure that it would be any uh, any more comforting. Okay. I figured that it would be a little more comforting to be in a place that was not here. Uh, so I made that decision. You know, I mean, I, I have her ashes in her paw print, and cool. I keep them in prominent display. You know, she was, she was my my little guardian angel for, for a decade. So, but I still have, I still have my mom's dog and he's a, he's a sweet little neurotic motherfucker. (laughs) So he he was your mom's dog. So I assume that your mom did the naming of the dog. Is that correct? No, she'd only had him for about six months. He's, he's, uh, he's almost 13. So he just improbably lives on. No, I mean, I mean the dog you have now. Um, did your mom name him, or did you name him? Neither. Uh, that was what she adopted. She got him oh. out of a shelter. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, and so she she passed away after about six months of having him. Oh. and when she got sick, I didn't have the heart to to like take him back to a shelter or anything like that. So he just became my my dog. Yes. So who are we talking about now? What's this? What's this deaf fella's name? <laughs> this is Sammy. I, I'm finally seeing him. Come here. He only responds <laughs> to hand claps. Okay. Oh, I, I know. There he is. I see him wagging his tail. He's got a little stub for a tail back there. Looks yeah, like about a medium not, sized dog, about do 50 that. pounds. Yeah. Yeah. He's about 50 pounds. Yeah, he's very long and very sweet, but he's, he's very old. Yeah, uh, you, have to be, you have to be gentle with the the old guy. He's wagging that nub, like him getting pet by Blake. <laughs> you, yeah, you might have heard earlier. My dog is um, he's three. He's kind of a still a puppy, and he barks a lot. And he was barking earlier while you were talking. Uh, he does that almost every time I podcast. He starts barking, and I gotta either just let it go or edit it out, one or the other. Um, he was a biter though. When we got him, he he was taken away from his mother too early. So we had to go through like a real intense, like biting phase where, you know, he wasn't biting because he was angry. He would, you know, nip to like play with you and like bite to like grab your fingers. So you would pet him. 
bite at your clothes as you walk past. And it was a real pain in the butt. That was a really hard thing to break. Um, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and, we, and we got it at the insistence of our daughter, you know, who at the time was 13. Um, and it was awful. It was an awful experience. You know, it's supposed to be great. Oh, we got a puppy now. This is awesome. And instead, it was just this little friendly fella that just bit all the time and drew blood. Um, did y'all have to do any kind of training with Sammy or did he... Um, come predisposed oh, he just he just doesn't listen just he's, straight up he's just <laughs> he's just my ghost that follows me everywhere <laughs> i go um, like outside too like do you take him in the car and stuff oh yeah okay yeah i'm, I'm big on I, I i love taking i mean if i'm going grocery shopping i'm not gonna because i don't want to leave my dog in my car and <laughs> right. Texas heat, i didn't assume that no yeah, but if I'm if I'm going on a road trip or a drive, yeah, I, I've 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 got a dog in the in the back seat. That's cool. Yeah, Hopper loves going for rides too. Oh yeah, I mean, what's a road trip without a dog? I mean, John Steinbeck <laughs> he wrote an entire book about going on a road trip with a dog. It's called Travels with Charlie. Okay, I was going to ask you the name. I'm glad you uh, glad you spilled it for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He had, I believe it was an Irish setter named Charlie, and he wrote an entire book about just traveling the country with his dog. Okay. So um, is Sammy good, like, um, going for walks and getting a leash and being handled and all that kind of stuff? Well, he shits a lot. Oh, that's not good. (laughs) You know, that's the thing that I... I deal with, but yeah, no, I mean, he's great. Oh, you're saying that he's like, you have to take him for a walk a lot to take shits, not like in the house. Well, I have a yard, but like if I take him for a walk, it's like a three, four shit walk. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Same. (laughs) But I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is like, y'all said you didn't train him and just kind of does what he wants. But some people like us with our first dog, Kai, the one who was 16, we had to let go. We it was a pain to like train her how to put a leash on, how to get into the car, um, how to be handled. She was just a See, she was I've a chihuahua. Had, I've never had a, a true puppy. I've only had like dogs that were year and a half, two years old or older. Okay, keep it that um, way. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 kind of the plan. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Well, I'm a cat guy too. I got a cat here, and you say no cats, so that, that's okay. Do you well, have? I'm allergic to cats. Oh, so. that's absolutely a great reason not to have cats around. Yeah. I I don't like sneezing and my eyes itching constantly, so I don't own a cat. Uh, there there are many great cats out there, and there are many great people who are not allergic to cats, <laughs> and they should adopt cats as opposed <laughs> to getting a kitten. But that's just my view. Yeah, my best buddy Sam, he's a drummer and he he's death not deathly allergic to cats, but he's highly allergic to cats, we'll say. Not deathly, that's kind of going out on a limb there. But he can't go to certain people's houses or like even my house um because just it affects it really badly. Um is your allergies to that point where like it's hard to spend a lot of time at people's houses with cats? Ain't ideal. <laughs> but it's doable though. Yeah, I, I, I can I can live, but I'll just be sitting there looking like I'm watching Titanic or something. <laughs> oh, Blake's crying. It's adorable. One yeah. of those kind of deals. <laughs> yeah. My my friends with cats are like, this is hilarious. I'm like, thank you. I'm glad that you're taking joy in my suffering. 
Well, did you, uh, I'll ask you one more thing about pets before we wrap up here. Do you have like any captive pets around, like any, uh, you know, birds, fish, that kind of thing, lizards? No, I mean, I uh, if there's, I, I, I I'm. I'm kind of one of those believers that nature deserves to have nature. Mm-hmm. And, um, so not much of a uh, captive bird, but you know, if there was a sick bird, I'd, you know, give it some water and some, I don't know. I don't really feed birds bread. <laughs> Are you not supposed to feed birds bread? Nah, nah. Bird seed and, and water. Water sounds yeah, great. I don't, I don't have bird seed, but I'd give them some water <laughs> and then I would figure out who to call. There you go. (laughs) Well, man, thanks for talking with me. We've got almost an hour here. We got you, Nate. We went longer than you. Um, That's my boy, Nate from Voidmaster. But you are Blake from Iwas. The album, Wayward Gods. Everybody's got to check it out. It's one of Steve's favorites. It's on two of my playlists. So it gets double the plays that it should be getting. Um, Hell yeah. Thanks, man. Yes. Um, uh, let's let you wrap things up, Blake. Do you have anything you want to let us know in the last minute here? Give us a follow on, uh, socials and, uh, keep an eye out for, uh, some big news coming very soon that I would, uh, love to disclose, but it's not quite that time. <laughs> well, I, of course I'm going to link your socials and I'll be plugging you throughout the week, but your Instagram handle is Iwas, which is spelled A-I-W-A-S-S. And do you do a thing like where you're Iwas banned or is it just Iwas? It's banned, yeah. Okay. You heard that, folks. Iwas banned. Give them a follow. I know they got stuff on Bandcamp. I know you got vinyl stuff. A lot of people love vinyl and you're in that camp too. Very Um, much so. Well, thanks for doing Austin, Texas with us. I appreciate it very much. And if you want to be a guest, you, the listener, hit me up here, intro.void or at thisweekinanimals at gmail.com. And me and Blake are going to sign off now. So until next week, bye-bye. Thanks again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.